0: The following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Folwell, Teddington and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfullwell.co.uk Verses 19 to 25, Hebrews ten, nineteen to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope with we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much. Good morning, everyone. Uh, brilliant to, to see you all, and um, Keep a finger in that passage, but we're going to be looking at quite a number of different parts of the Bible uh, this morning, and uh, therefore the handout is especially important. So uh, underneath the end seat of the row, uh, you will find the handouts, and if that person could pick them up, pass them around, hopefully they're enough to go around, but do keep a finger in Hebrews 10 if you're able to. be wonderful. Let me pray as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it speaks with one voice, your voice, and that these are words for us. Uh, Lord, please uh, help us to listen this morning. Help us Uh, to grow in wisdom, to grow in convictions, to grow in spiritual health as we think about what it means to gather together as your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the title of this uh, talk is What's So Special About Sundays? What's So Special About Sundays? And the answer is this. This. This is what is so special about Sundays, coming together, gathering together as one. And I'm going to put my neck out here, and I'm going to say that quite possibly the most significant thing we will ever do in our lives is to faithfully go to church week in, week out. I don't know what you think about that, but I hope I'm going to persuade you of that over the course of the next few weeks as we think about the gathering, what it means for us to gather together as God's people. Uh, Why is gathering with other Christians so important? Uh, When we do gather, why do we do what we do when we get together? And how can we make the most of these times? These are questions that I'm hoping that we'll answer in this series Uh, called The Gathering. As Simon mentioned, it's something I spend a bit of time thinking about, reading about over the course of sabbatical, seeing what other churches do when they gather visiting other churches. And we're going to have four talks on it this side of Easter, two on the other side of Easter. And uh, I hope this will be really helpful for you, whether you love going to church or you might be someone who just really struggles to go to church. Uh, my hope and prayer is that this will renew our vision for what Sundays are all about and help us see God's genius in the whole idea of church, of gathering together uh, so that we can make the most of these times. And as we do so, to see that God is doing something quite remarkable week by week. Uh, I saw a survey, read about a survey ...this week about church attendance. It's quite striking that the, the survey was done uh, following the pandemic... ...and it was particularly highlighting how the pandemic has changed um, how we attend church. Uh, it was produced by the Evangelical Alliance. And they, in their survey, found that 92% of the people they spoke to... ...reported attending churches, church services weekly before the pandemic that's 92%, compared to 68% afterwards. And actually the survey went a little bit further to say that whilst weekly attendance was down, fortnightly and monthly attendance was actually up by 16%. So it wasn't that people had stopped coming to church altogether, they just weren't coming to church quite so frequently. Now I think since the pandemic, those figures have probably slightly rise since since the time that that survey was done but anecdotally uh, that is the impression I'm getting from churches across the country uh, that people are coming to church less frequently now I have to say I'm enormously thankful that doesn't seem to be the pattern here at St. Michael's and I'm wonderfully thankful for that but we shouldn't be naive to assume that we're immune uh, from that there's so many different things we could be doing right now aren't there uh, right now, you could be sleeping, or uh, reading the Sunday papers, enjoying a duvet day, going off with the kids for a day out, or uh, walk in the park, or whatever it might be. So why come? Why come? Uh, why come? Particularly, I just did a little bit of maths uh, to think about: if if you live, say, you live 80 years, and you go to church every week, uh, say for about two and a half hours, do you know how much time you'll spend? in church over 10,000 hours, over 10,000 hours of your life. Uh, Why? What's what's the benefit of that? What's the purpose of that? That's a lot of time to be investing into something over a lifetime. And I want to persuade us that it is the best thing we can do with our lives. Uh, The pastor and author, Christopher Ash, a number of you know his books well. He said this. Belonging in a committed and relational way to an ordinary church may be the most significant thing you can do with your life. There you go, he agrees with me. So that's excellent, isn't it? The absolute heart of being part of a local church is, is gathering, it is uh, assembling together. And uh, we're going to think about the gathering uh, this morning in, in broad terms. And uh, in the coming weeks, we'll sort of narrow in in different aspects of it. But in broad terms, we're just going to think about uh, a few different things. You'll see the uh, headings on your handout there. Um, And uh, here here they are. We we gather because it's what it means to be a church. Uh, We gather in the company of three. More about that in a second. We gather, then we scatter. So first, we gather because that is what it means to be a church i mean literally that is what it means to be a church so the greek word for church in the new testament is ecclesia and that word means an assembly when jesus says i will build my church he's saying i will build my assembly so the church literally means to assemble to gather it's the core to what we are as a church And to state the absolute obvious, someone I read on this just said, an assembly must assemble to be an assembly. Uh, If we're going to be a church, we've got to come together. Uh, That is just essential to it by its very definition. And we can say a little bit more than that. It's not simply an assembly. It's an assembly of Christians. Jesus said, I will build my church. An assembly of his people meeting in his name. Uh, The 39 articles are the sort of foundation documents for the Church of England. And article number 19 says this. This is what it means to be a church. The visible church of Christ is a congregation of faithful people in which the pure word of God is preached. And the sacraments, that's the Lord's Supper and Baptism, the sacraments be duly ministered according to Christ's ordinance according to how God's word says we should do those things. So that is what it means to be a church. It means to, to be visible, to tangibly gather, governed by God's word. His word preached, his word enacted through the Lord's Supper and baptism. So at heart, that's what it means for us to be St. Michael's forwell, a gathering of God's people. And just a couple of implications of that. That is why we want to spend time gathering all together at the beginning of the service. It's great fun The start. I love the start of our services when everyone's in, all ages, all, all the kids in, before we head in our different directions. It's great fun. But there's something even more significant about doing that. It's not just for fun to be together, but it's actually to say, this is us. This is church. And for our children to see They're part of the assembly of God's people. Those first 15 minutes or so are really significant. That is when we are assembling as a church. That is when we're gathering. Another uh, really interesting area that uh, has been completely new to the whole idea of the church over the past few years is, of course, online church. What does this mean for uh, our live streaming? During COVID, we were greatly blessed when we couldn't actually gather in person, to be able to meet online, now what are we to make of that what, How do we understand that theologically? what does that do to us as a church and I think there is a sense in which meeting online we were genuinely able to gather together. There was a degree to which we were being church during the pandemic, but inevitably it was diminished because it wasn 't the physical assembly. Now today we carry on live streaming. A very warm welcome to you if you're watching on the live stream this morning. Uh, We think that's really important to do because there are some very good reasons why it's not possible for many to be here. Uh, Maybe they're just not in a position to leave their home. Uh, Maybe some are unwell, uh, some away on holiday uh, or work. And so if that's you and you're joining us online, you're so, so welcome and a much-valued part of this gathering. It's amazing that we can do it, and so much better to do it this way than not to be able to do it at all. And yet it's right to recognize, inevitably, that is a slightly diminished form of church. Best of all is to be able to be here in person, week in we count because that is what the church is. It's an assembly, the ecclesia, of God's people. That's one. That's why we why we gather. So we gather because that is what it means to be church. Second, what happens when we do gather? We gather in the company of three. This is what I want to spend most of our time about thinking about. Who is here right now? Who is here right now? Now. At risk of stating the obvious, but it's important to state it. God is here. God is here right now. Uh, Yes, God is everywhere. He's omnipotent. He is everywhere. But uh, there is a sense in which he's here as people gather in a special way. And one way to help us understand that is uh, to see what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian Uh, One way of understanding that is it's somebody who is a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Now, temple imagery is really, really important here, and and we go back into the Old Testament to understand a little bit about uh, the temple. Uh, The temple was where God was especially present with his people. Uh, but if you know anything about the temple, God, there was a sense in which God was not actually that easily accessible. He was holy because the people were not holy. And there had to be all these different sacrifices in order to be able to meet with God. And you, we can read all about that in, in the Old Testament. The book of Leviticus says lots about that. But what is wonderful, if you turn back to Hebrews 10, What is true in Jesus? What is true in Jesus? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, as we had read, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Jesus opens the way to have a relationship with God through his blood, through his death on the cross, paying for our sins. He opens the way, the curtain that separated um, the presence of God in the Holy of Holies from his people is torn in two and we can have a relationship with God. And part of that is his spirit poured out into us so that we are each temple's of the Holy Spirit if we're trusting in Christ. It's quite a thought, that, isn't it? And therefore, when we gather together, as one author puts it, Christ in me meets Christ in you. Isn't that an amazing thought? When we gather together as God's people. Christ in me meets Christ in you. But I think there's a little bit more going on, too. When the church is gathered, it's more than simply the sum of its parts. There is a sense in which God is especially present when his people gather. Jesus said, Matthew 18, verse 20, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. God is especially present with us. And that is why, when we gather, one of the key things we do is to worship him. That's to say, we're to ascribe worth to God, giving all honour to him as our creator, our re-creator. Yes, we're called to worship him with all our lives, and we're to be doing that 24-7 in everything that we do. But there is a sense that when we come together, we're to worship him together in a special way. Uh, Hebrews 13 uh, actually speaks of this. builds on the, the worship of the temple, where the worship took the form of animal sacrifices, as I was saying earlier. And it says now we're to offer a sacrifice of praise. So Hebrews 13, verse 15, Through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And we've been doing that today as we've come together, as we gather, as we sing, as we pray, as we speak of God, ascribing worth to him. Uh, One person I read put it like this. We're to worship God with gravity, uh, with gladness and with gratitude. Gravity, gladness and gratitude. I like that. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 28. Hebrews is so good on God's people gathering. says this, Since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. There is a right sense, there's a gravity to what we're doing. God is here. God, the consuming fire, he is here, who we have access to through the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us. There is a gravity to that. And there's also a joy to that, a gladness, and a gratitude. So we're in the company of God when we gather together. We're also in the company of one another. And this is where Hebrews, uh, the reading we had, uh, takes us. Uh, Verse 24 goes on to say, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Now it is possible to think of going to church a little bit like we might think of going to a concert or think of going to a football match. So we sit in the seats and we watch the players perform on the stage. But that is not church. That is not church. Church is, in these words here of Hebrew, it's a one-anothering event. That is what we're doing. We're one-anothering one another. A much better way, therefore, of seeing church is that we're actually we're in the band or we're on the pitch, actually playing. We're all taking part. We're all participating in what is happening this morning. Our part is to spur one another on, to encourage each other, to keep going. Keep going for another week in the Christian faith, in the Christian life, living out what we believe. To love and good deeds, as Hebrews puts it. Now, one of the most, I often say, one of the most underestimated ministries of the church is this. The ministry of turning up. The ministry of just coming, just turning up. Don't underestimate what an encouragement you are to others simply by being here. Don't even need to talk to anyone. Just being here is a huge encouragement. It's a huge encouragement to me. I know it'll be a huge encouragement to everyone else. Just being here, the Lord uses this. And uh, we'll all be in different places when we come and we gather on a Sunday. And it's just worth recognizing that. Some of us here are extroverts, and we have nothing better than a, a big gathering. And uh, we absolutely love it. Others of us will be really shy, and actually it is not easy to come week by week. Uh, some of us, we've got loads on, we need to shoot off straight after the service. Others of us have time and can stay around. Some will be serving in the band, musically, uh, because they have musical t- talents. Others of us just cannot sing. But we can still really encourage Others by just going for it, praising God. Don't worry if you can't sing. I can't sing. I rule everybody on side. Because we could just, it doesn't matter whether we can sing well or not. It's just an encouragement to sing together. Some will be coming uh, on any given week just feeling really weak, really fragile. And what you need that week is just the warm embrace of church family. Others will be in a good place and in a position to serve in all sorts of different ways. Some will be coming exhausted and just need to sit down and not talk to anyone. Others will have loads of energy and be able to serve on rotors and do all sorts of different things. But just coming, the ministry of turning up, is a wonderful one. Uh, We're the body of Christ. We each have a part to play. That will change from week to week. But I think the key thing, the key thing as we come is this. What is our attitude as we come? What is the attitude of our hearts? Are we looking, as Hebrew 10 encourages us us to do, are we looking to spur one another on to love and good deeds? Or are we coming with another attitude? I found um, C.S. Lewis, as ever, incredibly perceptive on this. You might have come across his screw tape letters. Do you know the screw tape letters? Uh, Where... um, Uh, C.S. Lewis, very cleverly, he he does it from the angle of a high-ranking demon called Screwtape who writes advice to his slightly incompetent nephew, uh, uh, Wormwood. And uh, he's trying to help Wormwood corrupt the soul of his patients by giving advice. And it's very striking what he does when he speaks about church, the chapter, the letter on church. Uh, Here's the extract of it coming up. Uh, Screwtape says this. To Wormwood. Surely you know that if a man can't be cured of church going, the next best thing is to send him all over the neighborhood looking for the church that suits him until he becomes a taste or connoisseur of churches. The search for a suitable church makes the man a critic where the enemy wants him to be a pupil. It's really perceptive. The first thing the devil will want is for us just to stop coming. But if he can't stop that, what's he going to want to do? He's going to want to make us more of a critic than a pupil. In other words, more someone who sort of stands over proceedings, someone looking from the outs- outside in, than someone who's just part of it. A pupil, as it's put here, a participant. The truth is, when we gather together as a church, the real action is in the pew, not the platform. We are the body of Christ, gathering together. We all have a role to play. We're all in this together. We're all in the pitch. We're all in the band. So, we're in the company of God. We're in the company of one another. And third here, we're in the company of a watching world. To actually extend the football band analogy, uh, it's worth thinking about it like this. We're on the pitch, we're in the band, rather than the audience. But it's not to say there isn't an audience. There is an audience. There is the audience of a watching world. Uh, God's people, Psalm 96, are called to do this, to declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. Which is why, if you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christian, you are so, so welcome. And my hope is that every week there'll be people here who are not yet Christians. People who are looking into the Christian life. And there is no better place to come than to come to church. Church is the best place. This is the best place to investigate the Christian faith because you're not just coming to hear what the Christian faith is about. You're coming to see whether there's a plausibility to it because you're seeing what Christian community looks like. Is it lived out? It's the difference between, I guess, buying clothes online or actually having tried them on or or buying a car online or taking it for a test drive. By coming to church, you're taking it for a test drive. You're seeing whether there's a plausibility to this message. It's why it's our best evangelistic event, a Sunday gathering. It's a wonderful thing to invite friends to. So, uh, we have the company of three. We have a God whom we exalt. We have one another who we seek to edify. And a watching world who we long to evangelize. And it's so important to hold these things together. If our only focus is on God, then you can see how services go wrong. It's happened historically like this. Because if our only focus is on God, then it doesn't really matter how comprehensible our services are. They can be dense and have archaic language, even be in Latin. But it's fine because it's only between the person and God. And that's not good, is it? Because we're here with one another. We're here with a watching world. We don't want our services to be like that. If all our focus is on one another, and we take God out of the picture, and a watching world out of the picture, then we can become terribly inward-looking. We can end up just being a social club, or some sort of institution. And the danger there is actually, uh, the institution becomes everything... And actually, our source of unity, God, goes. And so institutions start to break down when God gets taken out of the picture. Sometimes churches have put a huge emphasis on the watching world. Uh, you might have come across the idea of seeker sensitive churches. And uh, those gatherings, after a while, have you ever been involved in those? They just become a little bit dull, they lack richness and depth, and actually therefore lose effectiveness. So we're to keep these three audiences in mind. Finally, uh, we gather, then we scatter. We gather to scatter. Uh, One way of thinking about our gatherings is they're a bit like a sort of family meal. You might come together at the end of a day and catch up with one another, and then go off again uh, the next day. Uh, We gather on a Sunday as God's people, as a church, together. But then the other days of the week, we go out into the world, don't we? We scatter into all our different places, into our homes, neighborhoods, workplaces, schools. We're to worship God in both. But they are different places that we are. We gather to scatter. It's like breathing in and then breathe out. Uh, The Puritans used to call the Lord's Day the market day of the soul. The market day of the soul. And I think it's a really helpful description of what's happening on a Sunday. Today, think of your sort of, that day when your fridge is empty, you've got nothing in the cupboards, and then the Sainsbury's van rocks up and delivers. And it's all filled up. The fridge is filled, the cupboards are stocked up, Uh, okay no tomatoes or salad or whatever at the moment Uh, but isn't that a great moment where things are stocked up and that is what i hope and pray church will be a bit like it's like you know how you feel on on a long day out think of being out uh in town on a day uh, with family returning from work perhaps it's been raining perhaps you're soaked to the bone your legs are aching Uh, from all the walking around, your feet are killing you with your shoes, you're tired, you're hungry. What do you need? You need to come home, don't you? And you need to press restart, reset. You need to kick off the shoes, go into the shower, put on some fresh clothes, eat some food, just be restored, revitalized. That is what Sunday should be doing for us spiritually. My hope and prayer is that As we arrive on a Sunday morning, we might well be feeling just spiritually spent. We've been soaked to the bone by a week of the world impacting us. Uh, Perhaps we're feeling discouraged. Perhaps we're just feeling spiritually undernourished. Perhaps we're deeply aware of our sin. We feel unworthy. God feels remote. We feel dry. But by coming to church... By gathering like this, this is God's way of refilling us. As we engage with God, as we engage with one another, as we sing, as we pray, as we hear God's word, as we chat, God can do something remarkable. He resets us, He refreshes us, He reminds us of His love, that in Jesus we are forgiven and of his call to wholehearted, holy lives for him. And then he sends us back out, back out into the world to worship him there, to live for him there. So as we close, let's not give up meeting together, as Hebrews 10 puts it. Interestingly, the context of this is actually of people who fall away from their faith. It's quite sobering. Sometimes people say, Can I have Jesus, but not the church? Can I know Jesus, but not be part of an assembly, of a gathering? And I think Hebrews 10 is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. That is a really dangerous thing to do. Uh, It's important to say here, the Bible's absolutely clear. The regenerate can never lose their faith. It is not possible. Jesus won't lose his people. We have deep assurance and security in that. And yet it is possible to profess faith and then later to abandon Jesus. Judas is one example of that. A number of other examples in the New Testament. And that is why the writer of the Hebrews says, whatever you do, don't give up meeting together. If you're going to persevere in the Christian life, if you're going to keep going, you cannot do it without one another. We need one another. We can't do it without church. An analogy I've used before is that of a barbecue. And you think of the coals in a barbecue. Don't think one of those gas ones with fake coals, think actual real coals. And how do you keep the fire hot? You've got to keep the coals together. And then the coals stay hot, white hot. Whereas if you separate them out or one comes out separate, what happens to it? Gradually it cools down and goes cold. If you want to stay on fire for the Lord, come to church. Come and gather with God's people. One writer puts it like this. The church needs you and you need the church. And as Hebrews ten twenty five puts it, we're to keep going. We're to keep meeting. And all the more as we see the day approaching. There is a day where Jesus will return. Where the groom will take his bride to church. That day where we, we, we will see him face to face. And God's way of keeping us going to that day, to keep persevering, to keep living for him, To keep loving him is to gather together with his people. So that's why it's such a significant thing what we do together. That is why, quite possibly, the most significant thing you will do in your life is to be a part of a local church meeting week by week to worship him, to encourage one another to be a witness to the world around us and then to go, to go out into the world and to live for him. Well, our time is up. Um, One of the bands might come up and we're going to sing our final song uh, together in just a moment. Let's just take a moment, maybe to pull one particular thing out, one thing to encourage us from what we've been hearing. Just a moment of quiet. Father, we thank you so much for the genius idea of church to gather together week by week for what a hugely significant thing this is for us, for each person in this building today to be able to gather together. Lord, thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you've given us brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, please help us to encourage one another today, every Sunday, to live for you, to know you, to know your love, your grace for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.